our political commentators now, and it's Kura Korua, and thank you to Tim Hurdle and Fletcher Tabato. Welcome. Good morning, Kura. Good morning. Uh, let's introduce you. Fletcher Tabato is a former New Zealand First MP from 2014 to 2020 former Deputy Leader of the Party, former Parliamentary Undersecretary to the then Minister of Foreign Affairs, Winston Peters, and the then Minister for Regional Development, Shane Jones. He now works for public affairs firm, uh, public affairs firm Capital Government Relations. Tim Hurdle's a former National Senior Advisor. He was the National Party Campaign Director in 2020. He's the director of several companies, including Museum Street Strategies, a public affairs firm. Right. Where are we at and why? What are the gnarly bits, those last, what was it yesterday, one, two or three things still to be resolved? Your take, Fletcher, on where we're at. Yeah, I I think uh, what we're seeing here is um, some of the bigger issues that kind of differentiate uh, the three parties. I think I think we can all agree that tax is one of, going to be one of the big ones, uh, tax cuts in and of themselves uh, from both National and Act. And then how do you actually fund those going forward? Um, you know, there's a lot of contention in there. You've got uh, the ETS scheme and our net carbon zero. I think from my perspective, having seen others con- uh, conjecture in the news um, I think we need to talk about seniors and retirement uh, ages uh, for New Zealand First in particular. So there's still a few uh, big gnarly issues there to be considered, never mind the fact that a lot of the similar issues uh, are going to come down to the fine print. Tim, that question of tax, and we touched on this last week, if National's going to get these tax cuts and it's banking on getting these tax cuts delivered, potentially with a delay, however, or some other modification. It needs to show in the box how they're funded. And if it cannot get foreign buyers over the line, uh, and if there's an issue now about using raiding the ETS funds, um, the ETS scheme for um, for funds for tax cuts as well, is that, you know, is, is that resolvable? And if so, how? Well, one of the things that we haven't heard about yet is, of course, in the government formation process, um, the Public Service Commissioner and the Treasury can provide advice and costing. So if they are looking at some of these projects that we were arguing about before the election, they can actually get them costed and start arguing on the basis of a set of government numbers. I guess um, they are resolvable and that someone has to make a concession. And I guess that goes to the wider um, coalition negotiation about all parties having to be happy to conclude a deal and everybody trying to get maximum advantage. Um, this is the nature of negotiations. Shall we get straight to that point now of leverage and how long this is taking and at what point someone has to yield and who? Because you've got the narrative of the last week, a lot of the public commentary anyway, being about Christopher Luxon making a bit of a hash of this, talking up his game far too much before uh, he became leader, uh, and then also um, giving the APEC deadline, putting it out there in glowing lights for someone to shoot down. Does National need to find a way, Tim, to turn the focus back onto the two smaller parties? And if so, how? Yeah, I think this is the um, the challenge for National is to um, focus on it being a coalition government. Um, in the key government, it tended to be a very dominant sort of party, almost a minority government with support parties. So they have to think about how they 
adapt their negotiating styles or approaches so that um, it's more like the 96-99 government. There won't be many around that remember that. Uh, and also we've also got the situation now where um, we've talked about M&A, but probably in a lot of ways this is more about relationship counselling. You're um, talking about people that have been going around um, saying not very nice things about people uh, having to get into a cohabitation agreement and uh, turn up to a meeting every week, and um, that's called cabinet. And that's quite a different thing to what we've seen um, in the for the past three years. Which leaves some speculating on whether those first two weeks waiting for specials was somehow wasted. Uh, but let's talk about New Zealand First strategy, uh, Fletcher Tabato, and um, a fairly experienced negotiator he is, Winston Peters. I, I don't know how much he would have been willing to have any kind of conversation a, a ahead of those um, those those specials coming in. But what's going on at, at his end? There will be a point, and it's perhaps already starting to happen, where those smaller parties are at risk of getting the blame in inverted commas. Where will they be at in their strategy? Look, I think uh, all three of these guys uh, are experienced in their own in their own ways, and and so that, from what I see from the outside, is a, an earnest group of three party leaders uh, trying to form a coalition. And and what you're seeing there is uh, we're down to the last big three, right? But. Um, what's ACT had to give up on? What's National had to give up on? What's New Zealand First had to give up on? Because in my mind, before they even went into the socialising while the specials were being counted, I think in everyone's mind, the the mindset was, how do we make this not just a one-term government, but a, a two- or, or three-term government? How do we fundamentally align ourselves so that we have a, a genuine genuine offering to the New Zealand public, but especially for the minor parties, how do we differentiate ourselves with, uh, in the next election? How do we tell a different story to our electorate? And, and that's going to take a lot of compromise uh, between the three parts. What I saw uh, in my previous experience was two parts of the triangle uh, coming together and the third, not so much. Now we're trying to build uh, three parts of the triangle and they're all trying to be connected in a solid way between each other independently and as a whole. That's incredibly challenging, even on some of the similar policy issues. So I, I, I genuinely think um, maybe Luxon should have, should not have mentioned APEC, but um, I, I don't think anyone's playing anyone else. That's not my sense of it from what I've seen from the outside. Parties, smaller parties are always wary when they go into government, it's often the end of them, right? So I understand what you're saying. They, they're wanting a, a survival strategy here, the two smaller parties. What, what will that look like? And maybe we should talk about, are we anticipating a National Act agreement, a National New Zealand First agreement that each cites? But is that the structure that you are anticipating so that each party has got, what, reasonably detailed uh, agendas they can, they, they can hold to? My, my sense is that they're, they're trying to form a kind of one big uh, unit. They're trying to come together. That's my sense of it. Um, actually, what the composition of government will look like uh, post these negotiations is going to be an interesting one. There's so many variations 
on uh, you know confidence and supply. Um, David Seymour spoke about confidence only, and then full coalition. So uh, in my mind, uh, right now they're trying to form a coalition, and uh, they're, they're trying to uh, yeah get those wins um, and on t- in terms of platforms that they can all agree on. Uh, perhaps that's three waters. That's um, crime and gangs and youth offending. Um, it looks like it might be the RMA, but uh, there's there's a lot to move forward on. Um, so what what does what does the difference look like in three years' time while we're trying to clearly work together in a constructive and meaningful way? But Tim Hurdle, what are the no goes on that? And one of them many speculate on is still in the mix here is Act's call for a referendum on the treaty principles. As we said, there's already a disconnect with uh, New Zealand First, uh, which doesn't believe such things exist, basically, and wants to review um, their their position in legislation. Do you believe that that is a real holdout area, posing real problems for Christopher Luxon, who sees nothing but loss if this becomes a stirred-up issue and a a, a source of um, uh, much exercising over three years? Is that likely a a really gnarly one? Yeah, it is, because it's an issue that they didn't really want to argue about in the campaign and suddenly they'd be dragged into a debate that they don't want to have. And this is going to be the interesting thing with this government. You're going to need three green lights for anything to proceed. Um, On an issue like that, you're probably going to get two red lights. It's going to get stopped. And I think this is the interesting point right now is that the minor parties are very much at their maximum point of leverage. Once they've signed up to an agreement or made concessions, um, coming back and having another bite at that becomes a lot more difficult. Uh, once they've got a programme in place. But I think it's still going to happen periodically through the term of government that um, the issues of a minor party um, can impact a lot wider than, because they are in government, uh, than them just, say, putting out a press statement like they did in opposition. It it becomes very crucial that they can take something to the Cabinet table and we end up um, having it on the national agenda. Do you believe the structure is on track, as Fletcher was mentioning earlier, for a full coalition agreement? Members sitting around a cabinet yeah, table I, I, and, and, and holding those positions and trying to function as one cabinet. Do you believe that's on track? Um, I, th- I, th- I watched an interview with um, David Seymour this morning, which sort of seemed to indicate that was what they were working towards. Um, I think that seems to be the good faith that all parties seem to be working towards. Um, these things take time. It does mean it's more complicated. Um, I, I don't have any great insight as to um, the likelihood of that happening, but um, I haven't seen any moves so far that would suggest that they're moving back towards a minority um, government um, with um, some sort of support or arrangements. They do seem to be generally trying to come together with a common platform. And do you believe, finally, Tim, and to each of you, that there is any policy that will see these talks start to go uh, off track? Uh, and, and, I mean, National has options. One of its options, were it to get nuclear, uh, were to say, actually, we're six times the, the size of this party and there are certain principles we're not yielding on and, you know, leave open that, that prospect not only of a fatigued electorate but of a, of a second election. It won't want to go there. But do you believe there are any policies left that um, that could have it having to draw a line like that, Tim? Yeah, well, this is where they have to draw a line as to how much they really want to lock in on the 
um, the tax package that they promised. Um, they made a lot of um, promises, and he he has subsequently reinforced that Christopher Luxon since the election that it's really important. Um, so this is the issue that he has to decide. Um, what is he prepared to pay to get that? And this is the nature of any negotiation. If they know that you really want something, um, that's the maximum point of leverage to try and make someone pay for it. Fletcher, your view on that. Can you see anything where uh, it really could get to that point where National starts pulling on the only leverage it has left, which is to say we're not moving any further? Uh, it, it's not It's not the tone that we're getting in the last few days, is it? In, including from uh, Winston Peters actually saying more of substance when he's being asked by the media. There's, there's no tone of sabre-rattling as yet, is the Fletcher? No, no, there definitely hasn't been. And, and I think that's why it's given me confidence watching, you know, all three of these uh, gentlemen on the news and hearing them speak. It, it does give you a sense of uh, confidence. The... You asked about some of the big sticking areas, and, and I think, you know, when you look, think of ACT's policy on um, taking uh, uh, public uh, sector money back to 2017, was it, and um, some big percentage cuts, I think that just that isn't ACT's sole policy on cutting back the spend. And so I think both National and New Zealand First uh, agree that there's, um, some budgeting to be done around government expenditure, but um, austerity governments haven't traditionally worked around the world. And so where do you effectively spend um, some dollars? Is it in infrastructure? Um, is it in uh, refining and improving our education system? So I, I think some of these big issues that maybe didn't uh, take the limelight uh, during the um, campaign uh, may be some big issues now um, where finding that point of uh, egress or how do we move forward together is where they're probably stuck. In the last I think that's a very good go point. Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. I think it's a very good point that Fletcher makes. And uh, traditionally, if you look at um, coalition or you know government negotiations and the formation of negotiations in the past, Quite often, um, they've just spent more money to make some problems go away. Um, the nature of our fiscal situation with um, tight books and not a lot of money to spend, um, that option really isn't available. So there has to be a lot more prioritisation about where the expenditure is. And at the moment, that prioritisation is probably around um, where the cuts go. Um, and that's a very difficult conversation to have. Um, and so that will be probably at the front of the minds of all those as those parties as they try to um, form this agreement. So that may actually be, that level of detail may actually be being discussed here because what I was going to say is in 2020, um, also was it 2017, we saw that very big um, provincial growth fund win for New Zealand First and in inverted commas Fletcher, three billion, I think it was. That kind of money's not yeah. there this time. So, you know, um, how does that get? dealt with? Is it positions perhaps in um, positions ar around the ministerial table that allows New Zealand First to keep up that presence in the regions? Uh, and will, actually this is one for both of these parties, will they want some kind of a hand in the finance portfolios, be it associate or elsewise? Fletcher. Yeah, that, that is the tricky question, right? I think um, economic development and infrastructure are going to be critical around um, both portfolios and spend. 
<clears throat> and, um, you know, quite frankly, in, in my humble opinion, uh, those are areas where a government can spend money and get productive returns quite quickly over time in terms of enabling the commercial economy and, and seeing those returns quite quickly. You raise a good point on ministerial placements. I think Seymour said it himself. He said it repeatedly a few times around, we're not in here for the baubles. We want to get policy across the line. And my experience with uh, Winston and New Zealand First was that was exactly the same uh, position uh, for us. It's kind of where are our policy wins? How do we make that happen? So does that mean for ACT and for New Zealand First, where they might have been talking about four ministers, either inside or outside a cabinet, they may talk about three if they can get something across. Uh, it's um, Those are the kind of equations where they may get to in the last few days, but I can, I can almost guarantee they haven't been talking about uh, ministerial posts. Um, they've been talking about policy and they've been talking about delivery, um, you know, right up until today. Where does this leave us for a resolution, Tim? Everyone just pushing the date back now to perhaps, um, you know, end of this week. Uh, they may get there sooner, but they've still got to go. They've still got to just determine those ministerial positions. They've still got to go back to their own uh, parties for, for sign-off. Do you put it this yeah, way? They, if, if they're not there by the end of this week, is there really starting to become an issue? No, well, I think this is... Um, we maybe start looking overseas and seeing how long some of these negotiations take elsewhere in the world. Um, and um, the the crucial thing about these negotiations is they have to be able to have a package that they can agree with all parties. So that, that could um, keep going. They also have a problem with a three-party um, negotiation, a three-way negotiation, is um, how do you get sign-off? Because um, if one party... If two parties agree, the third party might try and hold out for more. Um, so they they always try to hold back on when they negotiate. So we get into a bit of a, a game theory situation here about how do you close off a negotiation. So it could be very interesting seeing the end game as to how this all plays out um, and what brinkmanship comes in. We've, we've probably seen with Winston, he's been through a few of these. Uh, he probably knows how to throw something on the table at the last minute, which I believe he has done in the past. So we, we, we're very interesting to see how it all sort of uh, runs through in the next week. Fletcher? Yeah, look, I, I praise the same point Tim did. I know from my own personal experience and both here in New Zealand and overseas when I was uh, in foreign affairs, um, I was meeting... Uh, kind of shadow shadow governments or caretaker governments and bureaucrats because uh, government formation was taking months of negotiation time. And um, we, we always seem to be a bit harsh on these coalition talks in New Zealand that it should take a few days or a few weeks. It's kind of, I don't know where we've gotten that time frame from, but to be fair um, to those who say it's taking too long. I think I get the sense from the public um, mood anyway that it's split 50-50 currently, but if it goes on for too long, I think there's going to be um, some angst um, out in, um, you know, in voter world. Well, and, there's some sense of frustration. A couple of matters, you know, the other big talk we had from the incoming Prime Minister, people are going to work up to Christmas, they were going to work longer. Um, Christmas is coming, as they say, uh, with, with some yes. speed. 
And and look, the, the, I don't know if you want to comment on Chris Hipkins going out with this interesting innovation of speaking as the Labour leader. He is still the caretaker Prime Minister and making a statement on Gaza. He will deal with the with the response that's come in over that. But look, there's a lot happening in the world, and and at the moment we are in caretaker mode. Second observation: there's a new Prime Minister who needs to. Uh, get started and and make an imprint. Uh, and at the moment, it's you know the commentary around his situation is is uh, perhaps more negative than positive. Tim, they will need, and there are real reasons to get it resolved. Oh, they have to get it done um, because the the public in New Zealand um, aren't used to this uh, long run. So there will be. Um, and also, the expectation was set up at the start that this was um, something that could happen quite quickly. Um, and so that's sort of the problem of um, what we were told versus what's been delivered. So that always makes it more difficult for a, a politician to explain when they have to answer as to why it's taken so long. I think they they will be able to resolve these things. They just have to um, decide how much they're pre- prepared to concede and on what issues. And um, at some stage, they'll have to bite the bullet. And that, that'll be the end of it. We'll leave it there. Yamahinui, thanks both of you. Tim Hurdle there and Fletcher Tabato.